This is Chasing Eternity, Season 1, Episode 9. Welcome back to Chasing Eternity. I am your host, Chris Croats, joined by my co-host, as always, Adam Oldham. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing well, Chris. The year is coming to a close at school, so yeah. it's that busy time of year. Uh, but things are going okay with us. Uh, glad to have you back in town after some traveling about. Yes, definitely. Good to get back. Uh, good to get back to uh, normal scheduling. Um, you know, when we uh, when we first got together and got all of our thoughts together for this podcast it was like oh man we're gonna be, we're gonna be able to record a lot <laughs> um because there's really only one uh one tuesday out of the month where we know one of us has something going on that uh can't be scheduled around yep um but it it's been pretty consistent of uh we record and it's like two weeks later we record again <laughs> <laughs> yes. just you know we both have families and we both have uh uh, very busy lives. Mm. Um, so, uh, but maybe one of these days we'll be able to record like three times in a month. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. We're just so busy out there actually chasing eternity that we don't have enough time <laughs> to sit and reflect on it, Chris. I see what you did there. I did. I know. I see what you did there. Yes. Okay. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, this week, week you have your quote. I have the quote, and I think this quote will be very applicable to what we're going to talk about. It's more of a a series of lyrics from okay. something that you may recognize. <laughs> All right, the lyrics are, Who am I? Can I conceal myself forevermore? Pretend I'm not the man I was before? And must my name until I die be no more than an alibi? Must I lie? How can I ever face my fellow men? How can I ever face myself again? My soul belongs to God, I know. I made that bargain long ago. He gave me hope when hope was gone. He gave me strength to journey on. Who am I? I'm going to answer the question. Who is he? Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I was, uh, as you're reading that, I was trying to pick out when that is in the musical. It's not the first, it's not his soliloquy. It is, um, I believe it's after... Or it's right before he rescues Fontaine. Yes. I believe. Yep. Right? He is being, uh, this is a quote from Les Mis, yeah. uh, from a song called Who Am I uh, by Jean Valjean. And in the musical, if you have not seen it, this is a moment where uh, a creature from Valjean's past, Javert, the constable, sheriff, lawman, lawman. has finally hunted him down and found him. And he's given the option to either come clean and admit who he is to this lawman or allow an innocent man to take the fall for him uh, because Javert thinks this innocent man might actually be Valjean. Yeah. And so this quote really, I think, captures this inner turmoil of, can I really be okay with making the wrong choice? Can I be okay allowing somebody who did nothing wrong to take the guilt that yeah. is rightfully mine? Um, and if so, can I live with that? And I think as we'll see in the musical, he can't. His conscience gets the better of him, and he says, I can't. I, this is who yeah. I am. I'm Valjean, not the innocent man. Um, but it's this very powerful moment of conflict because not only is he sitting and saying to himself, you know, can I live with this, but 
I'm the master of hundreds of workers, and they all look to me. Can I abandon them? And mm-hmm. How will they live if I'm not free? Yeah. And so this this turmoil of do I do the right thing and possibly ruin everything I have and impl- implicate other people? Um, can I live with that? And we learn that he cannot, and he admits who he is. Yeah. This is actually one of my favorite songs in the musical. I'm, mm. I'm glad that you uh, picked this. And by the way, listener, if you didn't look at the title of this podcast, we're talking about Les Mis today. Yes, we are. Um, and uh, so that quote fits in. And so let's just jump into it because I want to respond to uh, what you said about this, uh, these lyrics of this part of the, the, the musical. And uh, I really like... <laughs> The, the you said turmoil mm. and i think that is the perfect word to describe what valjean is feeling at this moment mm. um he says it says several times in this song that um you know if he doesn't do anything then that person is condemned yes but if uh but if he does that then he says i am damned mm. and it's just like that is, it is so powerful to watch. Oh yes, to watch him, you know, work through this. Of course, and if, you know, it's all written out, and you know, the lyrics are uh, very powerful. The music is very powerful. Uh, I think, regardless of which uh, fan you are of the actual uh, Broadway actors doing it, or. Um, What's his name? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I think they both do a great job of singing this song. Mm. It's just very powerful, and I think it, it mirrors a lot of an inner turmoil that a lot of us have. Mm. Yes. Of can I do this? Mm. You know, when in faced with, um, we're going to be kind of all over in this podcast because mm. I was kind of thinking like, okay, how do I, how do we stick to our normal? A schedule here of likes dislikes and then points to eternity and there's just so much mm. that is going to overlap here and especially here thinking about our own decisions that we make with sin yes. right and like and same thing in this song it says can i ever face myself again actually you actually read that part can i face myself again and the when i heard that the first time i'm a uh new fan of this musical i mm. guess i didn't watch it until earlier this week um and that's what prompted us to do this because mm. i was like have you seen this and yeah. adam you of course you were like yeah like where ten, you been yeah <laughs> 10 years ago yeah um but it was i i hear that can i ever face myself again and you know there's times in our lives where you know you've done something wrong and it's like looking yourself in the mirror mm. It's hard. Yes. It's hard to do that knowing, wow, what did you just do? And so this song, those lyrics, very good. Very yes. good. And so with that, as we enter into trying to parse out some important things of Les Mis, uh, I think talking about some of the things that we like and also the spiritual application sort of combined, Yeah. Uh, I'd like to start off by looking at some of the big themes that really just this musical conveys so well. Okay. Um, what you got? I mean, the very first theme is is this expression of human emotion, and a very powerful expression of human emotion, um, specifically misery, right? Les Mis. <laughs> okay, it makes, makes sense. sense. And it's like, well, why is this called that Les Mis? Sense. And you sit and you reflect on this, and whenever you 
listen through to the music and to the lyrics, uh, the anger, the depression that people are experiencing. Uh, the musical opens up with this, this song. You have these men that are condemned in a prison kind of chant grunting at each yeah. other. Uh, at one point, one man cries out, you know, sweet Jesus, hear my prayer. And the rest of the men look back and are like, sweet Jesus doesn't care. You know, this very downtrodden, like, no one cares about you. Even Jesus doesn't care about you here. You know, yeah. you're standing in your grave. You're here until you die. You know, this is not life, joyful happiness. You're going to be here until you it's die. very dark. Very dark. <laughs> and it doesn't stop. Um, you no. know, then we move on. That's and just then, the beginning. Then you have this, this moment where, again, you know, we kind of fast forward in time a little bit. And it, you have this song called At the End of the Day. And as I was reflecting on this song today, I feel like that's an expression we use a lot of times when it's like, let's stop sugarcoating things. At the end of the day, this, this is how it is. And this song is so incredibly cynical of life. You know, at the end of the day, you're another day older. At the end of the day, you're another day colder. And that's yeah. all you can say for the life of the poor. You know, when you're poor, it's a struggle, it's a war. Um, this is just a horrible, miserable experience. Uh, and then that powerful emotion of misery and negativity carries over into how people interact with each other. Uh, in that song, at the end of the day, uh, as they uh, bring Fontaine into the mix and someone reads a letter of hers and kind of outs her personal yeah. business. What jerks. What jerks, right? <laughs> and they're so impolite, like they're so rude yeah. to this poor woman. Uh, but in that, they make the comment, and there's trouble for all when there's trouble for one, right? At the end of the day, you know, you're going to be nothing but trouble. And when one person has trouble, we all have trouble. And so get out of here. You know, yeah. I don't we don't we don't look out for each other because if you're going to cause problems. We're all going to deal with it. And so there's this very cynical, very heartless. We don't have time to deal with you and your problems. You can take your little child and go deal with that somewhere else. You know, this is you're just going to raise problems here for us. It's heartless. And so heartless. Um, and the way they speak about, oh, you know, you've got a child somewhere. You're, you're off sleeping around with men doing this and that so you can pay for this. Like, they're just so heartless. Yeah. Um, and translating this emotion beyond just the human aspect of the anger, uh, anger just, you know, there's a song called Red and Black uh, that symbolized different thing. You know, red is the, the blood of angry, angry men. <laughs> Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? And so this is a, a, a nation in France that is on the brink, not of the French Revolution, uh, this musical actually takes place later after that period of time in the uh, 1830s. You can look into the history of that if you want. But people were angry uh, at injustice and poverty and how people just didn't feel like they had a voice. And this anger of resentment of no one cares and no one's given us a chance to this, well, life is what it is, there is no hope, mm -hmm. really just it screams in this musical. And I feel like through the lyrics and the musicality, it was a an incredible picture of human emotion. Yeah, you think about that uh, that scene of Fontaine when she gets found out mm. that she has this child, and really, and in, in the grand scheme of things, it's like this isn't really a big deal. You guys are kind of blowing this out of proportion here. Mm. But such is the way of musicals, right? You know, it's kind of blown out of proportion. And if this didn't happen, then there would the plot wouldn't go anywhere. Mm. But it's like this is a really crummy things that these ladies did to this woman because what they were accusing her of uh, made made the the manager or whatever kick her out and then condemned her mm. to what they were accusing her of because yep. that's where she has to turn without a job 
it goes i mean it just starts going it's a downward spiral mm-hmm. um like you said at the very beginning it's it, you look at the scene of these these basically slaves right they're prisoners and it's like oh this is pretty bad well, that's just the beginning mm. things get a lot lot worse oh my yes um and what fontine ends up having to do selling her hair her teeth and uh, eventually her body mm to somehow make money to care for her child. Mm. It's just hard. It's hard to watch. It is. When I was watching it the first time earlier this week, I was just like, man, this is, Mm. this is raw, you know? And then there's no, you know, there's no nudity and, you know, explicit stuff going on, but the way the words and the music and Mm. the way that they portrayed it in, in the movie version, it was just like this. I, I feel for her, you know, it's like, oh. what, like there's no, there's no option. No. All of her options have been taken away from her and this is what she's left with. And then she ends up dying. Yeah. Because of it, it's like, one more wow. thing. Why not? Right. <laughs> yeah. Your life is horrible. Wow. And to know and oh, to, to experience for her as we watch that she has to do these horrible things to get money to be able to help her daughter it's not like her daughter is being taken care of by kind, loving yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, you have these very horrible, you know, taking advantage of people, innkeeper, husband and wife, who are just out to, to you know, take from everyone. And they're so manipulative. And it, yeah. you sit and you look at this and it's like, this is what this woman has essentially died for, to allow her child to have the care of horrible people yeah and when you speak about her misery like in her you know famous song um uh, i dreamed a dream yeah the lyrics that whole song begins with this idea of you know there was a time when men were kind and their voices were soft and their words were inviting where love was blind and the world was a song and the song was exciting you know there was this wonderful time and then it all went wrong yeah and you just witness the death, like the spiritual, emotional death of a person that happened long before she physically died. And I feel like all of us have been in a place yeah. where we have felt our very spirit die because of horrible circumstances or something did not work out the way we thought it would or you know, we've been found out um, yeah. just like she was. And so again, I just felt like the emotional uh, depiction of humanity in this was so spot on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say uh, exactly that, that the song or just her circumstance seems to resonate mm. with us because we can relate, mm-hmm. right? Of like, we might not be selling our bodies on the street, but there are definitely people that are doing exactly yep. that, that there are people that are Fontaine. And even if we aren't to that degree, we know what it's like mm-hmm. to just kind of seem like, Everything is going wrong, mm-hmm. and there's nothing that I can do about it. Mm-hmm. Options have been taken away, yeah, and it stinks. On the flip side, mm-hmm. uh, thinking of themes uh, throughout this movie, I think the the opposite theme of the the misery and just the the brokenness that we see would be love, mm. the triumph. Mm. of love yes. throughout the musical I think is very powerful. Mm-hmm. You think about how uh you know this criminal Valjean you know he doesn't owe this lady anything. Mm-mm. And yet he he realizes oh I did her a wrong mm. and so I'm going to try to make this right. And in, in doing so he meets Cosette. Mm-hmm. And he falls in love. Mm. And the way that a father 
loves his child, and yet this isn't his child. No, you know it's this this lady that supposedly he wronged, and he just kind of did what he could, and he ends up falling in love with this child. And then you see the lengths that he mm. goes to yes. for her. Mm. And I think what's so beautiful about that is that this is not, it's in complete contrast with everything else that's happening yeah. in this musical. Yeah. The world is miserable. People are out for themselves. They're not going to help you. Well, why would this man of integrity and honor go out of his way to right or wrong, to extend grace to a child that doesn't deserve it, doesn't really, has not done anything to earn his yeah. favor? yeah. Well, rewind a little bit in his life. He was in a moment where, you know, he got out of prison. Uh, Valjean got out of prison and then uh, was staying with a bishop in his residence and was caught taking silver uh, from this bishop. And the police show up and they're about to arrest him. And the bishop says to the police officers, oh, no, 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 I gave him the silver. Yeah. Uh, and he actually forgot to take some of it. So here, there's even more you forgot to take. I told you I gave this as a gift. And afterward, Valjean is just like, how how could you do this for me? Like, you know, he gave me a home. He called me brother. This this man showed me such love and compassion. Why? He said, I have a soul. How do you even know these things? It's like this idea of what love can be has never been experienced yeah. for Valjean. And so that powerful moment in his life when he now has an opportunity years later to extend love that isn't earned or deserved, he's trying to do what has been done to him, which yeah. is what God's love is all about. Um, we love God because he first loved us. We love other people because God has extended that love to us whether we deserve it or not, and we mm -hmm. don't. And so others deserve our love. And so it's this beautiful like kind of pa paying it forward moment mm -hmm. uh, and to see to what lengths, like you said, that he goes to to take care of Cosette and to keep her safe. And uh, it's beautiful that there is this change that is possible. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so powerful about it is that it, it stands in complete contrast to all the other characters uh, in this musical. Yeah. And whenever God talks about love and we read as Christians of what love should be and how we are a peculiar people and how we stand out from the crowd, that's what love is. Love mm -hmm. doesn't um, look the same as everything else. Yeah. So I think, like you said, that's another very powerful theme that we see in this. Um, yeah. Absolutely, and I think of that scene of the the bishop. I don't know what his title is. He's a priest. Bishop. He's a bishop. Is that mm -hmm. what they call him? The bishop. Um, and he he like you forgot some of the silver. Mm. I think there's no clearer illustration of God's grace to mm. us, yeah. right? Of like I'm going to I'm going to love you, and that is what is that? That self-sacrificing love, that's mm -hmm. agape love, yeah. and that he's willing to give of his own possession, mm -hmm. and not just you know here have some, but in such a way that it's overflowing. Mm. That like you forgot some of this. I know you you took this out of greed and malice, but I'm going to show you mm. the lengths of my love. Yes, and I think that is so beautiful. And the same thing is true with when uh, Valjean decides to pay it forward, as you said, he's doing it at cost to himself mm -hmm. because he was a, a man in good standing. He had kind of thrown the life of Valjean away and he kind of remade himself mm -hmm. into this mayor of the, of the town with businesses and good repute, mm -hmm. what he says. Um, and he kind of, he throws that all away yeah. for some little 
street urchin mm-hmm. that he doesn't owe anything. No. But he does it because of what has been done for him. And, and then, I mean, it, it just continues to go on mm. and on in this relationship and paying forward the love and the fact that you see this huge contrast. Even though the beginning of the movie goes very quickly, mm. it, it shouldn't be... Uh, forgotten that at when Valjean got out of prison, he was living for himself. Mm-hmm. He was, what can I get out of this world? And he was just like all the other people in the musical. Yeah, in, in you know, in the in the background, and then but he makes a decision. Mm-hmm. He makes a decision that you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to be this person anymore. And it towards the end of the movie, you see just what the what that can do. Yeah. And it stands in contrast to his mirror kind of uh, nemesis in the in the movie. Okay. Uh, so you have Valjean mm-hmm. uh, and you have Javert. Are we going to talk about Javert now? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Javert oh, because man. in this theme, the idea of, you know, the contrasting misery and depression and anger with unconditional self-sacrificing love, you also see change. Like you said, Valjean mm-hmm. changed. He made a decision because of that love that he experienced to change his life. And in that moment earlier in the movie, or in the movie we're calling the movie musical, musical. whatever, uh, when he's thing. singing, uh, he's singing this uh, kind of, you know, who, what have I done? You know, how am I going to change my life now after this bishop has shown me such love? He makes this, this statement in one of the songs. He says, I'll escape now from the world, the world of Jean Valjean. You know, Jean Valjean is nothing now. Another story must begin. And he's acknowledging this old person, this old man of sin, so to speak, is, is going to be put to death. I can't be him anymore. Mm-hmm. I have to be reborn, and I will live my life as a new creature, which he does. I mean, he becomes this man, like you said, he's a business owner, he's the mayor of a town, um, he's a well-respected person, not, not a criminal in a, you know, in a prison slave camp. He's this reputable man. Um, you see that in contrast with Javert when it comes to being able to change um, Javert from the very beginning is out to get Valjean. He doesn't believe that he's a good person. He doesn't believe people can change. Yeah, he doesn't believe people um, can change. And so he hunts him down uh, obsessively. And we get to the end, you know, in the second act, the second half of this musical, and uh, there's a moment where Valjean has the opportunity, knowing that uh, Javert has been after him this whole time, he has the opportunity to kill him, or to end him, but he doesn't. He saves uh, Javert's life. And Javert is completely taken back by this. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He's like, but you're a criminal. <clears throat> like you're you're a, a bad person. Yeah. I'm the lawman. I am the right one. Yeah. He even it, says, you know, like you're trying to play a trick on me. You're trying right. to do this so that later on you mm-hmm. can I'll do you a favor. Yes. And this idea of unconditional love of no, I'm doing it just because I love you, yeah, regardless of what it. you've done to me. I, he doesn't understand that. And so, unlike Valjean. He actually says the exact same words, this idea of, I will escape now from the world, the world of Jean Valjean. So now Javert is going, I'm, I'm going to leave this world. But instead of saying another story must begin, he says, there's nowhere I can turn and there is no way to go on. Uh, he is so in, engrossed in being right and being unwilling to accept that he was wrong, mm-hmm. that he takes his own life. and. So rather than changing and being born again, so to speak, he decides that my life is not worth living, and he ends his own life. And it's this incredible message of change is possible, 
but you have to be willing to open your perspective a little bit, um, that people can change. And if you don't think people can change, which he obviously didn't believe Valjean could change, um, how could I believe I can change, is the message Javert seems to mm -hmm. ask himself. You know, who am I? If this is true, if, he really, if Valjean really is a good person and I've spent my entire life hunting him down, how can I live with myself? Yeah. Uh, and he can't. And so he ends his life, which is tragic. Um, but again, a, a message of you know, what change can be and what happens when we refuse to accept something else as possible. Yeah. And you look at the thing that really sticks out to me um, in this, you know, comparing contrast of Valjean and Javert is that uh, I, and I talked to you about this yesterday about how uh, Javert with his hunting down Valjean he, he is like, I am doing God's will. Yes. This is what God wants me to do is to hunt down these dangerous men. Mm -hmm. And that's what he, that's how he views Valjean. Yep. And he's like, this is God's will. And you are in, you know, stark contrast mm -hmm. to God's will. Yes. However, the interesting thing here is that Valjean also has this relationship with God um, in this, like we've been talking about, you know, paying it forward of loving people unconditionally, like he's been shown love. Um, and he has several conversations with God throughout the musical. It seems anyway mm. that he's, you know, he's having these conversations with God and he's viewing himself as this is your will. I'm trying to do your will here. Mm. So it's very interesting to see these two men both thinking or trying to do God's will and mm. yet they are in opposition to each other. Yes. And I think that's so true of us today. We all think we're doing God's will. Uh -huh. uh, and so what is the right way to do God's will? Um, I think what's an interesting contrast is that one, Valjean is willing to change when he realizes I'm not doing it right. Uh, so I need to do I need to change. And Javert is going, no, I am right. There is yeah. only one right, and it is clearly me. Yeah. And I am so committed to my way of being right, and I refuse anything else, that I'm yeah. going to take my life. <laughs> it's not even worth living if I'm not right. And when you think about today in the church and in, in faith in general, people that, you know, this is kind of that contrast between law and love. You know, you can be so extreme to law that, you know, it's all about the nitty-gritty letter and detail and being right yeah. um, that you completely lose the truth. Uh, and I think while it's also possible to be so caught up in the concept of love that you miss out on the important details of what God expects yeah. of us, we don't necessarily see that so much in Valjean's life in this musical, but that an extreme on either perspective uh, definitely is not very healthy. Absolutely, and a lot of things <laughs> uh, in Scripture and Christianity um, is balance, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Because <laughs> you you read through the Bible and there are certain things where it's like, well, okay, well, which way is it? Mm. And it isn't okay. This way, this way is the right way, and this way is the wrong way. It's both, mm -hmm. but in balance with each other. Yes. And sometimes, and I mean, that is that's the law of liberty, right? Mm. Is that there is no that that very uh, hard and you know right and wrong law was the old law and it's been done away with. Mm. And so now we're stuck with this of, okay, you need to make the best decision based on what you know mm. and still out of love. Yes. It's very interesting. It's, this musical, it just, it hits on so many points yes. that I'm sure we could sit here and I have been mm. over the past few days talking with people about it at length yes. because it just, it affects 
people differently. Mm, yes. And it's just music and lyrics. Well, and I think because we are we are social beings, we are emotional beings, we have these experiences that when we see it in something else, we connect to it. One final one, just again, I think is so relatable, um, is, you know, you see Cosette grow up and she becomes a young woman and, you know, Valjean has taken care of her all of her life and she comes into contact with a young man named Marius, right? And so you have this young teenage romance, so, so to speak, and they're just, you know, in love with each other and, you know, who hasn't experienced this kind of teenage puppy love before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even more dramatic, you have Eponine who comes in, who's like the friend, who's like, but I kind of like you too, Marius, but, you know, I guess you don't see me sitting here. Uh, you just, you notice, you know, the new girl and she's so cool and I just wish you would notice me. And so you have a love triangle. You have the, I wish you would notice me of Eponine. You have the, the young love that is infatuation without a whole lot of rational thought behind it. Um, you just yeah. see this like incredible, <laughs> like, oh, who hasn't been there, right? Mm-hmm. Who hasn't experienced the turmoil of what relationships are like? Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just so powerful. And, and you look at it and you go, I, I feel like I've been there before. I know how it's hard to, to make a choice between two great options. Uh, I know how it feels to be ignored. And so I felt like, again, that's something else that this musical really in terms of capturing the human experience, um, that relational component is also very powerful. Well, in that love triangle, too, talking about Eponine, and this is another kind of undertone uh, in talking about change or, you know, regardless of circumstance, you think about who's who Eponine's parents are, and they're those, the, the innkeepers who are, you know, stealing and... Um, extorting their customers yeah and uh you see i mean that is their theme throughout the entire musical is you know they're all about themselves and even over each other Mm -hmm. um and but yet eponine rises above that yes and she not only is she a good person but she makes great choices Um, even though she keeps that letter she ends up giving to um to what's his name Marius? Marius, yeah. in the end. Mm. Um, it's just, I mean, that's, that's just, they, uh, I watched a, a trailer for the 1998 version with Liam Neeson mm. in it, right? And, uh, of course, trailers were very different. Yes. Um, what is this, almost 20 years ago? Mm. 1998? 1998 is 20 years I ago? I know, Chris, we're getting old. Okay. Um, but it was the, the thing that really caught or I remember from that is, you know, in the, in the movie trailer voice, it's a triumph of the human spirit, you know? Um, and, but as cheesy as that sounds, it is, yes, it is. Mm. And when you see Eponine and it's just like, wow, okay, she's actually a good person. Mm. And Marius, uh, doesn't even see her as an option. It just tears at your heart. And it's like, Man, I feel for her, but it's mm. also like, but these two are like a perfect match for each right. other, and yep. but and that's, I mean, that's the definition of a love triangle, right? right? And it's like, well, what do you do? And at one moment, at one point, she even like at a personal cost, you know, she alerts uh, Marius and yeah. Cosette that hey, there, you know, there are bad things here. You need to run away. Uh, and her father is disowned enraged, her. disowned her, and so it's like, wow. So love that may not even feel fair or right making the choice to do the right thing 
um, stands again in such contrast to everything else around it. Yeah. Um, so I do think that idea, the triumph of the human spirit, uh, this musical really conveys just how different compassionate, unconditional, you know, agape love looks in mm -hmm. contrast to the dog-eat-dog -dog world of the world. Yeah. I have one more. Okay. I have one more. Um, I was trying to think, I was racking my brain today, trying to think of, you know, like an overarching theme, you know, why, thinking about, you know, how does this point to eternity? Um, what is the thing that people like? Obviously, people like this musical. Mm. It's been around for a long time in many different uh, iterations, and uh, not only the musical, but also the book. Uh, originally written by Victor Hugo. I mean, it's it's been, you know, I think it was, someone called it the best uh, literature of the 1900s, um, or the 19th century, excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, what What is it? And what I landed on was redemption. Mm. This idea of redemption. Why do people love this story so much? Mm. I think redemption is something that we all regardless of race gender creed religion it's all something we can relate to yes this even if you don't even read the bible or believe in it I, i'm not sure many people you'd have to be pretty prideful and arrogant to be like you know no i am the perfect man mm. you know i think everybody feels a sense of i've messed up mm. At some point in my life, I've messed up, and yes. if only I could be redeemed. Mm. And of course, for Christians, that it's a deeper sense there of redemption, realizing the price that was paid for our for God to redeem us. Yeah, and I think that's where the other side of it too—not only this idea of redemption for the things I have done wrong, but also the the coming of justice for those that have done wrong to us—and uh, seeing that there is anger. And rightfully so, when we talk about God being angry by sin and, and disobedience, um, you know, it's not right whenever bad things happen. Uh, if we've caused those bad things to happen in our lives, how great is forgiveness? But when wrong things have happened to us, you know, we've been oppressed, we've been uh, cast down, you know, we've been told to look down, there's no hope. Um, we look forward to the day when we uh, collectively, the world, will be redeemed in this misery uh, that stands in contrast to love will finally be put to an end. Um, and that's such a beautiful kind of hopeful message that one day all of this misery, all of the challenges of life, all the hard things we experience will disappear. Um, of course, we have the choice, just like Valjean and Javert did, we can either choose to do it our way and refuse to accept that truth that you know there is a loving God who wants us to live our lives um, in service to him and others. Uh, we can refuse to do it his way and want to do it our way uh, and be so committed to that that we end up leading to our own downfall. Mm -hmm. Or like Valjean, we can accept that love from God and change and yeah. be able to experience that redemption. Any parting thoughts? This is a powerful, powerful musical. Uh, I am partial to the 10th anniversary Broadway show. Uh, that's what I grew up with. And uh, I find that musicals like this in terms of their impact really hit you more the more you listen to it. So if you've not listened to this, I, I highly encourage you go on, buy the album, uh, sit, listen, and reflect. It's very entertaining, but as you've heard Chris and I talk about today, there's so many layers of depth mm -hmm. and spiritual application 
that you can really draw from this. So I highly recommend, uh, unlike some of the other things we've looked at where it's like, eh, disclaimer, maybe you don't want to look into this uh, with your children or whatnot. This is a very powerful, uh, very powerful work of art that I would highly recommend you experience. Yeah. Um, and even, I know uh, the uh, Broadway diehards, when they heard Russell Crowe sing for the first time, <laughs> they cringed and, you know, I've heard, I read one review where they walked out of the theater <laughs> because of Russell Crowe singing. We um, were not entertained. Um, but um, <clears throat> I actually, so because it was the first, uh, you know, style or, you know, uh, edition that I watched, I actually prefer the uh, the movie right now. Mm-hmm. I've definitely listened to the movie soundtrack more than the tenth tenth anniversary, um, and you know, I explained to you, you know, because I can Russell Crowe's voice is so distinct. Yes. I know when he's singing, right, and so I can <laughs> I can follow it a little uh, a little easier. Um, but he doesn't have like the worst. Oh singing no, voice. by no means, it's not um, the worst. He just voice. doesn't have a a Broadway caliber right uh, <laughs> singing voice yes. th- like uh, the the actors of the Broadway well, show. Did. And I think that's something else even more impressive about the movie. I mean, you see someone like Hugh Jackman, uh, who I thought did an incredible job singing. Mm-hmm. And this is well, this is Wolverine. Wolverine doesn't sing, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he did, and he did a very good job. Yeah. And he, Russell Crowe acting like the movie is very entertaining. It's very powerful. It's just uh, again. If it's what you're used to, you know what you know, and you're typically happy with what you know. So I'm glad that despite uh, some of the artistic uh, challenges by Russell Crowe singing, it was still powerful for you. Yeah. Uh, and again, I would highly recommend anyone watch the movie musical yeah. version too that recently came out. Very, very good. So if you haven't watched or listened to uh, Les Mis, go out and do it. Yes, uh, do it. Highly recommended. And then find someone to talk to about mm. it uh, yes. because that's how we really experience art. Yes. Um, instead of being consumers, we need to learn how to chew our mm. our food that or our art that we're consuming. And the way we chew it is by talking yes. to people. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. Um, a couple of shout outs real quick. I'd like to thank Strong Church for hosting this podcast. Um, and also, if you haven't checked out uh, our other podcast, uh, the Overcome Porncast, uh, the trend and technically speaking go check them out as well any parting shout outs Adam uh, I guess I will give a parting shout out to Mrs. Mitchell my high school choir teacher oh. uh, we at various points over my seven years of high school six years of high school because it was a seven to twelve high school uh, sang various excerpts from Les Mis and so I really got exposure to this early on in my life and again even in high school even kind of I guess middle school age in that seven eight seven and eight grade uh, the music was very powerful then and helped impact my life. So thank you, Mrs. Mitchell, for introducing me to this wonderful piece of work. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Russell Crowe because I know he listens to this podcast. I know he does. And, uh, He's one of our, one of our preferred hey, listeners. Don't let the critics get you down. You keep on singing, man. You uh, you changed my world. We are generally yeah. entertained, Gladiator. We are <laughs> yeah. generally entertained by you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time.